Welcome to episode 20 of the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast with me, MG. I am your unstoppable marketing and mindset coach for women who want to be fucking unstoppable in business. How many times can you say unstoppable in one sentence? (laughs) If that describes you, you're in the right place. And in this episode, I have brought in Marie Kirkpatrick, who is a sales superstar with heart, okay? None of the sleazy sales tactics that I know so many of us want to avoid. And I hear this as an issue so often in business where people don't understand what their sales process is, and therefore they're not making as many sales as what they could have. So I've got Marie to come onto the podcast to share her expertise on this topic, but she's also coming in to the biz revolution in September. So I'm very excited to have her here to share her expertise and help you to recognize what a sales process is, what yours currently is, what gaps there are, and how you can fill those gaps in order to, bada boom, bada bing, make some more sales. So let's get into it. Cha-ching! Welcome to the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast with me, MG, and I'm super excited today to be introducing you to Marie Kirkpatrick, who is a sales strategist joining us on the episode today. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries, Em. I'm so pumped to be here. I can't wait to talk all about sales and marketing together. Yes. And we just had a very short chat before this and I said, stop talking. We need to record because there was already gold flowing. I do want to just take it a step back and get you to introduce to my audience in your own words who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I am Marie Kirkpatrick and I am a sales and business strategist. I help women learn how to sell what it is that they do so that when inquiries and things like that come through, they know how to talk about what it is that they do. They know how to explain it really clearly so their potential leads and clients can make a decision easily and effectively, whether they are the right fit for them. Amazing. And how did you end up doing this as a business? Great question. Um, So originally I uh, went into the health and fitness industry uh, because my long-term goal was to join the police force and that didn't happen. So grateful that it didn't because I know now that that wasn't the right fit for me. And so I went and studied uh, health and fitness and um, set up a training business for women called MILF, Marie's Inline Fitness. I know. Sex sells. And then ended up uh, working with a company that trains people in how to become personal trainers and stuff. And they had a really great training strategy and system on how to train people and how to sell. Mm -hmm. And so that was many, many moons ago. And it was run by a gentleman that I still keep my eyes on now because I think he was great. He is great at what he does. But I think the way men and women buy and sell is very different. And so I think that's where I have evolved in that space of I want women to feel really comfortable when they sell. When I first learned to sell, it felt really uncomfortable. People used to call me the bulldog and that's never attractive, Um, never made me feel good. And so I thought, okay, so I nailed that sales mastery side of it, Mm. but I wanted to tweak it so that every time I did sell, it felt really great. And so um, did that, then went into vitamins and uh, supplements uh, in corporate. Mm -hmm. And was helping some gyms and stuff. And one of the gym owners that I had met there brought someone in to teach his team how to sell and spent $7,000 for one day. Mm -hmm. And apparently the guy was not amazing. And he made this joke that I should have taught his team how to sell. Should have got you to do it. Ha, ha, ha. And I walked out that 
walked out the door that day and I thought, damn it, I should have jumped to that opportunity. So it took me a little while to grow um, some lady balls and to say I need to call him back and have that sort of conversation because I really want to do that. Mm. Uh, and so two or three days later, he was my first client and uh, I did some training for his team and that became ongoing and I found my true passion of teaching people how to sell from a really connected and nurturing relationship-based space. Yeah, amazing. Do you know that my background is also in fitness? That was my first business was Tough, T-U-F, Total Upgrade Fitness. Not oh, as good as MILF. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like MILF and I was like, yeah, it's actually Marie's Inline Fitness, but yeah. it didn't matter what it meant. Like in the background, the marketing side of it was great. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. And I do know what you mean about, you know, the way that the fitness industry often has as their sales tactics can be. Yeah, like bulldog tactics. Yeah. And so I mean, it doesn't yeah. need to be that way, right? There are so many different ways to sell. And that's yeah. why I love you, Marie. And I think it <laughs> I, I think it took me a little while to step out of that mm. and to be like, what do I really want this to feel like? If I'm going to do this ongoing, what are the systems and processes I want to put in so that when someone inquires with me, it feels good. I want to do it. It's a it's a great conversation rather than closing the deal and rah, 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 just, yeah. Yes. Not a feeling. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of women are very clued onto that now and, and they see it a mile off and they just run. So it's actually not working anymore. No, it's absolutely not. Doesn't stop people still doing that. No, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. But yeah. I think there's more awareness around it now and we can, we can, I mean, I label it, I see it and I kind of call it bro marketing, you know, and I, and I think that that doesn't work for me. If I, if someone is selling to me in that kind of energy it just yeah. is a huge red flag and I'm out but Same with me yeah. yeah I think everyone wants to buy mm. no one wants to be sold to yes doesn't like I you know people talk about having like gators and stuff like that I feel like I have that from a sales perspective and I feel like my gut will sit there and be like this is not good like mm. either let me teach you how to sell or like yuck I just don't want to play in that space you know so Absolutely. So with all of this in mind, what we were talking about before we went live on the podcast is the difference between sales and marketing. I obviously use the term bro marketing. I've never used the word bro sales. We totally could. But there is a difference between the two, right? A lot of people think, well, I've got my marketing down, but I'm not making any sales. Or I know my sales process, but I'm not really sure what I'm doing for marketing. They need to both obviously work in conjunction with each other, but what, in your opinion, or can you speak into what the difference is between sales and marketing? Yeah. So in my world or the way that I look at it and everyone may not agree with me and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I feel like the job of marketing is to bring in the leads. I feel like the job of sales is to convert the leads. Now, before we turned on and went live, it was what comes first, the marketing or the sales. Mm. And for me, from the sales chick, I feel like you need to have a really beautiful sales process mapped out, ready to go, so that when you turn on your marketing tap, you don't have holes in your sales bucket where people are, you know, you're missing leads, yet falling through the cracks, all that sort of stuff. It also means that you know how many leads you need to go through your sales process so that you know how many sales you'll end up with by the end of it, rather than just turning on the tap and flooding everything and then mm -hmm. thinking, holy cow, how do I manage all this or turn it on so hard nothing's happening, you know, things like that. So it's yeah. like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And I think mm -hmm. for you to create your sales process, you at least need to know 
who you're selling to because you need to kind of have an understanding of how they might like to be communicated with, Mm -hmm. but you also don't want to offer people something and then have no sales process in order to take them through that offer and then you lose them. So there's a bit of interweaving, don't you think? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It's also that if you, you should know who you're talking to before you even start marketing. Yes. Yep. And I think getting clear on who it is that you want to play with. When I first started in business, I'll admit I had that, like everyone that comes through, I can absolutely help. Yes. And I could, it it wasn't that I couldn't help them from a skill set point of view. It was from an energy point of view that I didn't want to work with everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like my energy is so much more valuable than anything else. My time, my energy, I can't, you can't put a price on that. Back Mm. in the day, I would put a price on it and I'd end up having to refill my tank Mm. or or kind of calm my nervous system down because I was so on edge of this. It just didn't feel great. And you want to be able to filter those people out at both levels, right? At the marketing level, but also at the sales level because- People might get through the marketing level thinking they're that right person. Yes, that's what I need. But then you get them to the point of sale and it's like, ooh, a red flag. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So going to sales processes, for people that are listening to this going, I don't even know what my sales process is because I'm sure you hear that. Oh, yeah. In your own words, what is a sales process and why do we need it? Yeah. So when I when I say to people, have you got a sales process? They kind of give me that like, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. What is a sales process? For me, a sales process is having steps that are clearly outlined and documented. Sales process is not just something that you do in your head. Yes, your brain will work through it. However, it's not. Your sales process should be so well documented that people could come into your business and sell your services without you necessarily having to be there. If you are the star of the show that delivers your services, great. I don't need to be a brain surgeon to sell someone as a brain surgeon. Yeah. I feel like you've said this like so many times because you're like, it has to be documented. I feel like there's one stops between each of those words. Are you listening? (laughs) Yeah. Because someone, I I ran a workshop. um, I ran a three-part series workshop for a local council recently. And one gentleman had been in business for a very fairly long time. And I said, could I walk into your business and sell it? And he said, I don't know what you know about my business. I was like, okay, cool. Great. All that should be documented. Mm. I should be able to know what sort of questions I should ask your potential clients to know whether they are going to be the right fit, whether our products and services right for them. I don't need to be able to deliver your services. I need to be able to sell your services to very different uh, jobs in a business. Absolutely. And so it's about having those steps documented Mm. really clearly that allows flow within your sales. Flow within your sales conversations. How do you take someone from understanding where they currently are, understanding what it is that they want and how your products and services will deliver that to then transition into talking about your products, your services, your prices. Price is not the first part of the conversation. Even if they ask how much are you, that comes later on down the track. And then what happens if someone has questions or gives you an objection in inverted commas. What does that look like? How do we overcome that? How do we keep working through to see if it really is the price that's the issue? And then how do we onboard and have a beautiful relationship with that? As well as what happens if someone doesn't buy from us? What would that look like moving forward? And the price part of sales is often what trips people up, I think. Oh, yeah. And I would love for you to speak into this a little bit because you see the price comes later. Some people ask early, how do you get from that 
point of the conversation where someone's going, I'm interested in talking about this offer, but I want to know the price first to going, I'm going to ask you some questions first and then tell you the price. How, how do you navigate that? So I think the first thing that you need to do is actually acknowledge the fact that they're asking the question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever gone in to buy something and you're like, so how much is this? And the person just pretends like you've never asked that question. And you're like, I know you've heard me ask that. It hey. breaks rapport straight away. Oh, so hard. And I'm like, you have a sales process that is not in flow. Yes. So for me, if someone says, how much is it to work with you? Great, Em. I'd love to have a chat with you before I need to understand what it is that you're looking for because I've got a couple of different options or I want to make sure this is the right fit for you. Yes. You know, like there's ways that you can you can work it so that you still need to make sure that someone is understanding your value before handing over a price yes. because price is just a number. It's not. And those yeah. are simple conversational ways to not ignore but acknowledge and yeah. show that actually what you're wanting to do is find the right fit rather than just go, it's this much, buy it. Yeah. Hmm. You can also understand what their expectation around pricing is too. Yes. I spoke to someone recently and he wanted uh, half an hour of training at mm-hmm. 6 a.m. in the morning. Right. Be on location at 6 a.m. in mm-hmm. the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. <laughs> I have small humans and and they're up by 6 a.m. So it's not even a like I'm not awake situation. It's 6 a.m. for me is a very valuable time in the, in the day. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so when we had that conversation, he was like, oh, I thought it'd be like $500. And I was like, cool, where did you get that idea from? Why did you think $500? And he's like, I don't know. But if I had come in with it's, I don't know, let's just throw a number out there, it's $5,000, we wouldn't have had that value conversation beforehand and he he would have balked straight away and gone, oh, $5,000 too expensive. Yes. Yeah. So I haven't had that conversation to determine the value. And that's really what people are buying when they have a price objection. It's not the price, is it? I would say it's probably the price maybe 8 to 10% of the time, but that's it. And a lot of people will say, oh, someone didn't buy from me because I was too expensive. They're not my ideal client. No, I call rubbish on that. You mm-hmm. haven't shown the value. Yeah. If you can pay someone five grand and that five grand then turns into 250 grand, mm-hmm. it's not yeah, really about the five grand, is it? Yeah. So what about in offers that are not business to business and you don't get the financial return on investment how does one show value so you need to understand what the what there still is value there but value doesn't need to be an ROI it doesn't need to be a financial return on investment it can be an emotional purchase Mm -hmm. people buy a Porsche not because it gets them from A to B no (laughs) and it's not the cheapest car in the market let's be honest Yep. It gives them that emotional high. It gives them a feeling. It gives them that sense of whatever it is for them. Yes. But Porsche aren't sitting there saying, you will make an, a, an extra million dollars if you drive a Porsche. Mm, it's not it's about happening. saving money when you buy a Porsche. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> it's about um, looking like you wouldn't even need to save money if you tried. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that you just, you're flicking the money out the car window as you drive by. Um, <laughs> so it's So value doesn't always have to be, a financial value sometimes there's an emotional value that helps people move forward and it's about understanding what it is that people are coming to you for it's the same i use um the handbag example quite often you can go to kmart or target or big w or somewhere and buy a really cheap handbag that does the job holds your phone your wallet your itty bitty bits keys all that stuff mm-hmm. or you can go into prada and buy a handbag that does exactly the same thing yes a little okay, bit of a, di- a little bit of a price difference yeah but the emotional 
um, pull points are very different in, in both those spaces. So it's understanding how you want people to feel by buying what it is that you do mm. or what it is that you're selling. Yes. And I feel like there's a really big drive around values driven decisions oh. and that's increasing. One of the things for me is I want to be purchasing, you know, local or Australian made or, you know, things that are created by artists. I love Gorman, which is, you know, yes. this fashion that has art on it. And I just, that's, it's expensive, but it's like, I'm purchasing something that really meets my personal values. Absolutely. And can you really put a price tag on that? No, you can't because, you know, I could buy the handbag that I got from Gorman. I could go and get one from, you know, Kmart. It wasn't as expensive as a Prada bag. That is, that's yeah. for sure. But they were the two extremes of the, of, of course, the absolutely. Yeah, of course. And we can see those because the extremes are, they are so extreme. You can literally get a handbag from Kmart for $10 and I have one and actually I get comments on it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Where's this? You yeah. go. I was going to say just around the values, I, I didn't realize how important that was for people until we started uh, one of our second businesses. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't my second business, but it is currently our, one of our second businesses. And uh, we make breastfeeding tops for women that are made and designed by women for women. Yes. And being able to use that. Yeah. Such a huge selling point that I didn't even think about when we went down that road because it was important for my own values. I didn't consider it as a consumer value uh, until we did market research. And I said, why did you buy it? Well, it's made for women in Australia by women. That's cool. Yeah. And other women appreciate that because if you have that value, other people likely have that value as well. True. Amazing. Mm. I want to ask you the question around what you see as the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to sales. Yeah. There's a fair few. (laughs) (laughs) Should we go with like the top three? Yeah, okay. Let's see if I can narrow this down. I think some of the biggest mistakes that people make is one that they think build it and they will come. Mm. Tell the right person. If they're my ideal client, they will just shut up and buy it. And I don't even need a sales process. Like it's really easy. Yes. I recently inquired about purchasing a service from a lady that I knew was a gun. Yep absolutely knew she could help me. She could drive me forward. The price was on point. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, she wasn't overly expensive. She wasn't overly cheap, but it took her over three weeks to convert me because she didn't have a sales process that led me from where I am Mm -hmm. and gave me a plan to move forward. I got off one of the calls in complete overwhelm. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to throw money at you. Yes. But you're not making this easy for me. You're making it really, really freaking hard. Like, let's be honest. So at that so point, what, did you say, should we do a service swap? Instead of me paying you, I should help you with this. Yeah, no, I didn't. I thought about it. I thought, man, I could really help this lady, you know, sell what it is that she does because I think she's great at it. Yeah. But instead, what I did was I went and tried to find someone else. Yes. Right? But she's losing the sale, even though she's amazing at that service. Yeah. Mm. And I know not everyone's like me. I will actually go back and say, hey, I really want to work with you, but I need you to sell it to me better. Other people would just go, oh, I'm going to keep searching until I find someone that knows, that really gets me. It's not It's not that I was in overwhelm. I felt like she didn't get me, which equals overwhelm for me. I also could identify that it was because she didn't have a sales process, but that's because I'm training what it is that I do, clearly. But I then went and inquired with two other people. Mm. She was just lucky that those two other people couldn't sell either. 
And so I went back and I was like, what is it that I want? Mm-hmm. Let me show you and be really direct of this is what I want. Can you provide it? And in But the not end, everyone's going to be able to do that. No. And not everyone is comfortable to do that. Not everyone is willing to spend the time and energy to do that either. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and, yeah, was really clear with her and we've ended up working together. We haven't started yet, but I've made the decision and we're, the ball is rolling. But I will definitely be having that conversation with her of like, let me help you show you ways to help people make better decisions and easily for you. I think the second thing that uh, people can really stuff up when it comes to sales is that they don't actually show the benefits and the value of why they should be working with you or should be purchasing your products. They talk so much about the features. Yes. It's an online course. It's a 12-week course. It's this, it's that. Mm -hmm. If we go back to the bags, it's got an inside pocket. It's got an attaching little wallet thing that clips on. All features. What are the benefits of all of this? Mm. What's it going to make me think? What's it going to make me feel? What am I going to, what's, you know, six months down the track of either buying that product or service or 12 months down the track, what does that look like for them? Future future moving is is brilliant in that in that space um so i don't feel like they really conceive the value they just keep focusing on the features of it yes um what other uh you know what else people tend to do is like this sneaky sale thing that's really awkward you know you have a conversation with someone you know that they've got something that could probably help you but you're just sitting down having a coffee talking about it yep just talking and then they go hey i think it'd be really great like i've got this great product or service you should buy and you should buy it and buy it. and you're just like dude i have not asked any buying questions i have not given you any buying signs yeah you have no permission to sell unless there are buying signs okay what are buying signs if we can just quickly extend on that people asking questions about your products and services how would that work how do you do that how much is it what would it look like to work together yes yeah not just the yeah sneaky sales pitch Yeah, you should do this. Asking questions, I think, in all of these is really important, isn't it? When you when you're on a sales call, you want to ask questions rather than tell. Yes. So telling will push people away. Asking questions will pull people in. And I know there's also a difference between like pull and push marketing too, right? I think there's similar in sales. Yes. Pull like I don't feel like, and one of the things I've really struggled with over the years is the fact that I'm labeled as the salesperson which I'm clearly stepping into that, totally fine. But people's experiences with other salespeople is pushy. It's hustly. It's uncomfortable. It's gross. It feels manipulating. Mm. doesn't need to be like that. 80% of the sale comes from those questions. Ask people more questions in a really connected, non-interrogating way. Yes. And that's how you can lose the, what do they call it? The snake oil salesman kind of vibe is just keep asking questions because it's real. I mean, I call it relationship marketing. You're building a relationship because at the end of the the sales process, if it is a no and they, they go away, you know, not purchasing your offer, you've still built a relationship. You still understand each other better. And if, and when they're ready, they're going to come back to you rather than going, Oh, I never want to speak to that person again. The relationship starts before you even have that sales conversation. Oh, yeah. That relationship starts as soon as people connect with your business. Mm. And whether they come on board or not, absolutely right. The relationship has already started. You also don't know who everyone else knows in the world. Yes. Just because it's a no from them doesn't mean it's not a no from someone they recommend. Yes. Mm. And I think uh, what people really miss is that women talk. We talk about the great things and we whinge and bitch about the things that are shit. Yeah. We have one bad experience. We'll go and tell 10 people. We have one great experience. We'll tell three. 
Yes. But the great experience is also something that people really listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You go and, and tell have- a friend you had a great experience doing something like nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Or I had this really great dinner at this restaurant mm. and the, the service was great and the vibe and the music, like they're like, sorry, where is that place? I need, I want, I want to go there too. Booking it in yeah. now. We can do it on our phone. Done. Yeah. Going next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, hubby, we're going out for date night. This is where we're going. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the value of those positive conversations, if you have a positive interaction, even if it doesn't end with a yes for a sale, the value is still there. Yeah. And even if it's not a yes now, the way that you develop and manage and nurture that relationship means it can be a yes further down the track. Absolutely. I have had clients come to me that I've spoken to three to four years ago that weren't ready then then I've evolved, they've evolved. And then they come back and they're like, let's work together. I'm like, wow, I've literally, like, I actually had someone recently that uh, I met in the very first mastermind that I did with Grace Lever when my first child was like a baby. So she's like eight now. And I'm going, it's so random that she's followed me all of this time. And then all of a sudden the relationship's being built. And she's just like, it's a yes. We don't even really need to talk. It's just a yes. (laughs) I've, Absolutely. I've had people in the past that saw me present two years ago that I haven't ever actually spoken to directly. Mm, yeah. And I'd be like, how did you hear about me? Or where did you, like, what made you connect? And she'd be like, I heard you present two years ago at this thing. And I've been, my goal has been to get to the point where I'm ready to work with you. And I'm like, wow, like that's powerful stuff. Mm. We don't always consider that stuff when we are doing our marketing and our sales conversations and the follow-up and connection and nurturing that we need to do on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And following up in a sales process is huge. I think that's one of the things I see a lot of my clients missing is they get into conversation. It kind of goes quiet and it's like, well, have you followed up? And they don't want to be, oh, I don't want to be pushy. Follow up with a question, build the relationship, see what happens. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to send them 500 emails. I don't want to call. Call. They want you to call. They want you to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I quite often totally forget that I'm meant to be, you know, following up with something that I've said, I'll check out. And then when someone reminds me, I'm like, oh yes, that's right. Because I'm just busy. Yeah. That's like follow-up is also part of your sales process. Yes. The sale doesn't just end or the sales process doesn't just end when someone says either yes or no Mm. in that initial conversation. Yeah. Ongoing. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So I know you are coming into the group, which is now called the Biz Revolution, as you may have seen, Yes, in September. So this podcast will come out before then. Do you want to share a little bit about in that 90-minute workshop what you're going to be covering? Yeah, so we're going to be going through three key ways to sell your products and services really easily and naturally. Mm -hmm. How do we have those conversations? What are the questions we ask? How do we transition into talking about them and then moving it into talking about our products and services and selling it from a really beautiful connected space without the ickiness, without the hustle, without the wanting to throw up a little bit in your mouth because you feel really uncomfortable, like those really clear steps that you can take to move your business forward and to like help people move forward. Mm. Like that lady that I was telling you about, I wanted to work with her. She wasn't helping me make that decision. Decision, She was making it harder. Yeah. 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 That's your job in sales is to help people go from confusion to decided. And then they feel clear. Everyone feels clear and off we go. Deliver. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for you to come in. And I know there is a lot of women in there that when they joined the biz revolution and I asked them, you know, what are they struggling with? That was 
probably one of the top three things was mm. sales. And yeah. and I also think that potentially some of them don't realize the difference between sales and marketing. So they'll be having to listen to this conversation before yeah. we go into that 90 minute workshop and then we can you know get some tangible actions in place. So if you're listening to this and you're wanting to join the Biz Revolution, there'll be a link for that in the show notes. But let's talk about what it is that you offer, Marie, and what is coming up for you in your business, how people can jump on board with what you do. Yeah. So like you were saying, I think a lot of, uh, I deal mainly with women because I feel like if we can put more money and impact into women, it's a, it's a game changer on so many levels. Yeah. Women are raising the kids. Oh, agree. Yeah. Mm. So I know you've got two girls. I'm the opposite. I've got two uh, little boys and I don't want them to feel like if they ever end up getting married or having kids or anything like that, that the woman cannot make money and stand on her own two feet. I want to be able to empower women, make your own money. A man is not a plan, you know, like all that sort of cool stuff. <laughs> you Why never- have I not heard that before? A man is not a plan. Why Are you joking? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. A man is not a plan. And to be able to have their own financial freedom and choice. I know that whatever happens in my marriage, in my life, with my kids, anything, I have the capacity to make money and money can get you out of many, many, many situations mm-hmm. quite easily. There's not a lot that money can't solve yes. in that space. So I'm really passionate about helping women. And like you were saying, some women don't realize that they need to know how to sell what it is that they do. And so there was this, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that women need a space to learn how to sell in a safe place. In a, this came up for me, how do I handle it? Someone said this, someone gave me this objection. How do I work through it? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. And so we are about to launch Her Sales Club, which is an online membership specifically for women. I've already had men inquire and say, no, sorry, no dudes allowed. Um, Because as I said, men and women sell very differently and I want it to be a really safe, connected space. So I will be teaching you how to sell what it is that you do. I will be showing you how to set up sales systems and processes within the business to optimize what it is that you do, to look at the way that you sell, to look at the things that you sell, Mm -hmm. just getting really deep and dirty into making sure that your business is profitable, that you can sell, that your team can sell, that you've got the systems and processes there to support you through it all. I love this. So when's it launching? It will be launching at the start of September. Woo. That's yeah. exciting. Will yeah. there be a wait list for people to join? Because I could put that in the show notes if there is one. Yes, there will be. We are just figuring out the best way to get the right people in. Yes. This is a high level place. This mm-hmm. is not a just starting business, trying to figure out what you want to start or anything like that. There's a time and a place for that. Her sales club is not that place at the moment. This is about women that have already sold what it is that they do. Yes. But they feel like they've kind of winged it to get here. Yes. Okay. And that's okay until you've been Marie-fied. You're allowed <laughs> to just be winging it. But once you know how to sell, that process will just be so sexy for you. So easy. You wonder why you didn't do it earlier. Yes. Okay. So if you're listening to this and that sounds like you, then we'll get a link to the wait list to put in the show notes. Absolutely. And otherwise, how would someone work with you? So I work with people from a one-on-one point of view currently at the moment. So I go into people's businesses and uh, pull it all apart and then reconstruct it back in so that it's optimized for sales. Sales pages, follow-up systems, talking about how they 
talking about what it is that they sell, looking at their messaging and making sure their messaging, their marketing and their sales is all interconnected. Mm -hmm. They are not separate things. I talk to some people and they'd be like, I need more leads. And then you look at their database and they've got 10,000 people in their database or on their email list. Your problem is not leads. Your problem Mm. is conversion. Conversions, yes. need to convert. Um, and so it's not about having more leads. It's about having quality leads with higher conversion. Some clients that I go into don't need a hundred leads. Mm. Once I've taught them to sell, if I gave them a hundred leads, they may be under the table rocking thinking I can't service all these people. Yeah, absolutely. And then we look at how we grow their business from that point of view as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I work with people one-on-one in that space. I also do team training and workshops and things like that as well to mm-hmm. help people really get the juicy stuff on on quality selling. Awesome. Okay. So we'll put a link to your website. What's the best place? Where is the best place for people to connect with you? So you can find me on either Facebook at Marie Kirkpatrick, Instagram at Marie Kirkpatrick, LinkedIn, Marie Kirkpatrick. If you connect on LinkedIn, don't just invite me to connect. We actually have to talk. I I want to know who you are. Yes. Okay. So if you've found Marie through the podcast, actually send her a message and say, I found you through MG's podcast. Absolutely. I've seen so many people that are like, we should connect. And I'm like, what made you reach out? And then it's crickets. And I'm like, you're not my people. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Build the relationships. Build the relationships. Yeah. I have one question to finish off, which I, at the end of every interview go, I'm supposed to ask this question in every interview of the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset podcast. And that is, what makes you feel unstoppable in business? Oh, that's a deep, big question. What makes me feel unstoppable? I think it's those moments when my clients have wins and I want to jump up and down on my bed and scream at the top of my lungs thinking, I can't believe this is my life and this is what I get to do. Yes. I just got goosebumps. Woo. Yeah. Like it's really powerful stuff. Yeah. Those moments are cool. Very cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm that little puppy dog with my head out the window with the tongue. That's just like living the best life. <laughs> like people, because women winning is so cool because it doesn't just impact them. It, then they have happy kids. They then have happy relationships. Then it just beautiful ripple effect. It's so wicked. Yes. And I love that this is how we're tying the beautiful bow at the end of this podcast, because it's one of the most important things in my own values. But also I love that I bring people onto the podcast and they seem to have the same value. Like I, I didn't know that that was something that yeah. was so high in your values. It's come up two or three times, but consistently when we have these conversations on the podcast, it comes up. So it's beautiful. We attract the right people in when we have these conversations. Yeah. I actually feel quite emotional about it because I would hate the idea of a woman feeling stuck Mm. financially in where they're at. I um, support a domestic violence shelter. Mm -hmm. And even recently I was like, how can I help these women more than just the money side of it? Can I go in and talk to them about making money or selling or something along those lines. I also realize they're not at the right place and space at that time, but it's something I'm really, really passionate about, really passionate about. I I love that. Yeah. It can be a huge game changer in this world. Once you know how to sell, you will never struggle for money ever. Even if you're not in your own business, people always need salespeople, always. And you're selling ideas all the time too, really. If you think about like, if you're in a meeting in the organization that you work for and you want your voice to be heard, you need to know how to sell what you're sharing in a way that people go, oh, I can, I can buy into that idea or, you know, it's, it's not monetary, but it's like, I'm listening because you know how to converse in a way that shows me the value. 
It's even in relationships. Mm, yes. Sales is everything. Yeah. You have, if you're in a relationship, you've sold yourself to someone to say, I choose you. Mm. I want to hang out with you more. I want to see, you know, where this goes. If you have bought things, you've been sold to. Like it's not, sales is not this big, angry, raw thing. It's connection. Dog. <laughs> no, it's absolutely freaking not. Um, it's, yeah, it's those relationships, connections. Yeah. Making yeah. the world a better place. Yeah. Sales can make the world a better place. I love yeah. that. It's not the conversation that uh, many people are having, but it's a conversation that we can be having to show that sales can make the world a better place. Yeah. And I think that's part of my journey is to figure out how I can share that message more and override the uh, other sales techniques and ways that people sell that's not as win-win or nurturing. Mm. And hey, being on the podcast, this is one way to share it with the world. Absolutely. So- yeah, absolutely. We'll finish up there. Thank you so much for today, Marie. This has been fantastic. And we'll make sure all of your links are in the show notes and really looking forward to having you in the Biz Revolution in September as well. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for tuning into today's podcast. I'll make sure all of Marie's links are in the show notes for you to connect. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a beat. And I will see you back here next week. Peace out. I'm MG.